I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilles Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Night pod! Another night pod. Uh, Alex, the Thunder what lost. What a game! <laughs> the Thunder lost. This is their first blowout of the season. They lost to the Pacers 111-85. Just got pummeled by the Pacers. They have not won on the road yet. Thunder 0 and 4 on the road, and they looked extra terrible tonight. I think, do you get an extra ping pong ball if you lose by the amount the Thunder did tonight? Uh, you do, but then you get it taken away because you called TJ Warren a known loser, and this was clearly <laughs> a response to that. He killed us. He did. He was awesome. 10 of 14, score. 23 points, known loser. Uh, did some things tonight. Yeah, he did. At least for one night. <laughs> for one he was a known night. Winner. For one night. TJ is a winner. The uh, the team with three TJs. TJ Warren, TJ Leaf, oh, wow. TJ McConnell. That is true. And they got the two holidays. Yes. So that's two things. <laughs> <laughs> that's two things they've got. Yeah, they were really good tonight. Sabonis was awesome. Brogdon was great. TJ Warren played really well. Aaron Holiday was awesome. They played They played great. They shot the ball well, 48% from the field to the Thunders, 35% from the field. Mm. Everybody was so bad. Shea was 3 of 11, Hami 1 of 4, Chris Paul 2 of 7, Adams was 5 of 8 but did not play well. Uh, 3 of 8 from Gallinari. They all played just horrible tonight. The effort wasn't there. The defense looks so bad they look like a bottom five defense tonight they were just atrocious uh no ferg tonight ferg stayed home uh for personal reasons uh but really everybody in the starting lineup was pretty bad there were some there was some some moments from sga that were cool that you'll get every game i thought basely had some interesting minutes as well he was one of two from three three of six overall eight point six boards uh I thought that he had some good moments, but really, there's not. This is this is a throwaway game for the most part. This is a game that you don't want to look back at at all as the season goes on. Yeah, and it kind of felt that way right from the jump because it seemed like they were trying to get Adams' low post game going again. Yeah. I, I feel like they just randomly decide to do that for certain <laughs> games, but there was a concerted effort to get him post looks. Yeah, for whatever reason, and when they didn't go down, I think it was like the, he missed the first two. And it just felt like this, this like the offense is already off, mm-hmm. and, it, and it never got back on track. And you know, it's it's just tough. Like you look at their three point shooting. Like Gallinari only took three. Chris Paul only took two. Then you have Hami taking one and SGA taking three. It's just it was they were off all night. Um, and I, I'm just I'm just choosing to ignore it. Yeah. I'm, Trying not to draw any conclusions away from this game other than I never want to see Abdel Nader again. I know, man. Nader and Burton took a combined the same amount of threes that the starting lineup did. Yeah, 21 shots overall. Nader had some classic Nader drives. Dude. Like just some really good ones. <laughs> I think I I think he missed I think there were three failed drives that I went back and counted. Um, but he, I just he, don't get it. Like, why don't why is why is the ball not in Baisley's hands at that point? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about this on Twitter, but like, it is funny how I get so mad at Ferguson for not shooting enough. Yeah, and like the second he's out, all of those all of those shots that w- aren't even there, they just appear out of nowhere for Nader and Burton. <laughs> Like those guys are just so much more aggressive, which I, I guess is good. That's probably how they got to this point. Like that's probably how they're NBA players now. But man, 
I just, I, I want Ferg, Ferg back so bad. I know. And I just hate that Nader continues to get the nod, like, ahead of, of Deontay. I think Deontay is just so much, he's clearly so much better as a player um, than Nader is. And not that, like, Deontay deserves to have minutes every single night, but, like, when, a, when one guy's out, like, Nader automatically gets those minutes. So you're still on the Deontay train. You haven't moved on to Dort with me. Well, what no, more I mean, do you need to see? It's been two G League games. <laughs> I'm still no. I, I just think Deontay deserves a real chance, at least to get the Nader minutes, right? I mean, he got 18 minutes. What do you want? I just want him to get the shot to have the backup minutes. When Ferguson's out, that's what I want. He did. He played 18 minutes. I know, but Nader got the first minutes off the bench. Burton's minutes were mostly in garbage time, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of garbage time. I'm just, I I don't know if I'm I'm ready to continue spending brain energy on either of these guys. (laughs) Do you think, okay, if you had to predict right now. Uh Uh-huh. One or both, who will be none? One or both, uh, who will be on the roster next season? I mean, so Burton, Nader, will be, Burton will be on the roster next season. Why? Based on what? He's under contract. Oh, he is. Oh, okay. I must have read his contract wrong. I is thought he, he was on an expiring. Oh well, there you go, Andrew. He'll get it next year. Yeah. Yay! We're <laughs> going to play Nader into the ground this season. And then he has a non-guaranteed contract. And then next year, Burton's going to get those 10 minutes per game. There you're we gonna go. Love- That'll be great. I'm all for that. Deontay is awesome. Just as awesome as the mule in Edmond. Is it open? It's not open yet. Okay. But in the coming weeks, you will be able to go to 16 South Broadway in Edmond, Oklahoma, to go to the mule. I went to the mule this past week. I got the macaroni pony. If you haven't had the macaroni pony, it's delicious. It's got uh, it's a grilled cheese with macaroni and cheese. It's got pulled pork, barbecue sauce. If you like pickles, put them on there. If you don't, I don't put them on there. I don't like pickles. But it's a delicious sandwich. Their fries are awesome. I got the bacon cheese fries from there, and they were so good. It's the same mule as the mule in the Plaza District that will be opening up in Edmond, Oklahoma. They'll have Thunder Watch parties and all sorts of stuff. They will be open by Thanksgiving. So if you have, I'm sure some of you guys have people coming in town and you're going to want to show them around town. Maybe you live in Edmond. It's a perfect time to go take them to the mule in Edmond. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and go check out the mule in Edmond. Okay. Um, we got it. Before we, we move, before we move on. Okay. We we can't move on yet. Okay. <clears throat> no. One more thing. We got to talk about Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. I've been trying to convince people for weeks now that he's the same guy. Nothing's changed. Yeah. It's still Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and you know what? I'll be honest. He he even tricked me a little bit because that last game, who was that against? Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah. He, he was, was very good. He was, he was good against yeah. the Bucks, and I actually was enjoying watching him, and I was like. Oh, is something changed? Is Dennis Schroeder different? And then I went and looked at his stats, compared them to last year, and they're the exact same. Oh, yeah, man. If anything, if, if anything they're worse. <laughs> he, has, he has less points per game. He's shooting way worse from three. He's not even shooting 30% from three. Mm-hmm. Shooting worse from the line. Like, he has a little bit more rebounds. Otherwise, it's the exact same player he was last year, just with a little bit more turnovers. Like, it's the same guy. And we know what we thought about him last year. So why does it feel so different this year? He's literally putting up the exact same stats. Yeah, that's what's that's, happening, Andrew. I don't know. They, I, I still, I, I, I said they needed to trade him last, or I would like for them to trade him last night. And uh, there's some people that got kind of mad at me about that. They're big shooter fans. I, I saw it. You're bad. And I, listen, that's the thing. Like there was a weird time to say it after the Bucks game. Yeah. Because that was his his best game, and like I just said, like he tricked me a little bit, at least for like one game. And it's then the height I, of his I just, trade value, guys. Come on. In my in my head, I I would have said like, oh, he must be averaging like sixteen and six this year. Yeah, that's what I assume. And then I go on, and it's 
14 and four and a half. Yeah. Which is just what he did last year. He, he continues to be Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, and tonight was not a, a good a good Dennis game. No, it was not. It was not. I mean, did anybody play well tonight? Uh, nope. Muscala got his one three. <laughs> he did. Which I like that. <laughs> so good for him. Uh, but no, I don't. I'm looking through everyone. I don't think anyone was good tonight. I thought Baisley was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's maybe just because he was on our podcast and I just, I'm going to show him favor oh, in every do you think single he's, game. Do you think he's listening? Uh, I don't know. I sure hope so. He's the oh, man. Is he listening live? Is he on mute right now? <laughs> he's behind me. He's sitting behind me right now. <laughs> uh, okay. So we asked for questions from Thunder Reddit and Thunder Reddit delivered because everybody there is awesome. So we're going to start. They like good questions. Lots of good questions. I was expecting terrible questions I for think, some reason. Are you, are you telling Twitter to step it up? <laughs> no, I just they they actually asked like some really good questions. I don't know. I thought there was a bunch of freaks over there. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna fire through these. We're gonna try to get through as many as possible. Woo! Uh, first question is from at Gorilla X. I guess not at Gorilla X. Just Gorilla X. Actually, you would say um, backslash you backslash. Okay. I'll say that for everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to hear Andrew and Alex discuss the Dion Waiter situation for a whole hour. Uh, we will not discuss it for an hour, but we can discuss it. It's kind of a crazy situation. So Dion claims that one of his teammates, who he will not name, gave him an, gave him an edible on the plane, which happened to be a gummy. And then he had a panic attack on the plane, needed medical hmm. assistance afterwards, and then he gets suspended for 10 games by the Miami Heat. And it's kind of a strange situation uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, do, do we think it's okay for the Heat to suspend him for this? Is, um, is one of my questions. <sighs> I don't know. I'm so confused about how this works because, like, clearly he violated the NBA's drug policy. Correct? I, technically, they do, they, I suppose he did. Yes, but they, but the, it's not like they were able to test him in the moment. Yeah, and it's not like anyone. Te- it's not. I, I, I don't think he went to the hospital and they did like a drug test on him. I don't think so, that's what happened. I don't know. I, I think Miami's just doing it because it's been a bad, basically off season into preseason into now regular season. Yeah, and they keep w- trying to give him hints to like get on track, and it hasn't happened. Well, and he's got that and, clause in his contract where if he plays like seventy something games, then he gets like one point two million or whatever it is. And so he like, oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna miss that anyways. But yeah. this like all but confirms it <laughs> now, which is probably uh, favorable to the Miami Heat, which is just weird. I just I don't know. Like I've, the whole situation feels strange because like the Heat are like, yeah, you can't play because we don't feel like you're in in good enough shape. And like now, like you, we're going to suspend you for this amount of games because of this. And I don't I don't know. It seems weird, and it seems like the Players Association should be doing their job right here and helping Dion out. But it's just a, it's a bad situation. And it, to me, I, th- I think the only resolution is that somehow he gets a buyout and he, he's going to go play for the Lakers. Like I can just feel it. Right. Ugh. I can just feel doesn't it in my bones. This feels like have two years left. Uh, yes. This, this year season and next. And next season. Yeah. This feels like just like a J.R. Smith redemption just waiting to happen. You know, How many more times LeBron. does he have to be redeemed? Dion? Yeah. One more time, baby. It, it would be his third time, wouldn't you say? Because we redeemed him Once. from Cleveland. Yes. And then, I don't know, then he went to Miami. I can't remember if his first season was like the injury season. But then I remember him having one good season. Obviously, he got that contract. I think his first season he was good because his first season was the season that he hit that shot and did the, the game winner. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's been a long and winding road for Dion Waiters. He deserves um, one more shot, right? Like give him, like give him, if he's on the Lakers, he plays, right? And probably. He's, and he's yeah. awesome, right? Nope. Yeah, Disagree on. with that. Okay. <laughs> that's what I want to happen. That's all I that's what I want. I want Dion in LA in the purple and gold. That's what I want. And I want him on Charlotte teaming up uh, with my boy Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. You want him in Charlotte taking 30 shots a game? <laughs> sure. I, Isn't I actually, that his true destiny? I would kind of love that too. I just want to get Dion a title. That's what I want. I want to get Dion a title. Where where I think his career could go, I was watching a uh, Vice Sports thing about, do you know who Marshall Henderson is? No. He's the white guy at Ole Miss. He played college basketball. He was very like controversial. Okay, um, but they followed him because now and he, but he was good at the time in, at Ole Miss, and now he's playing in uh, Iran. No, in Iraq. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm thinking, and he and he's it actually wasn't a, a good story. It turned out <laughs> bad for him. But I am thinking like Dion would be a great like international star. He is kind of in that Stefan Marbury mold. Oh no. Don't so, you think? I don't know. Dude, Stefan Marbury is going to get a – I think he has a statue of he himself. He does have a statue. China. He's a coach now. Stefan Marbury yeah. is. Is that so bad? Yeah, I just don't – I don't want that for my guy. I don't want that. I think it's his destiny. Um, going going back to the edibles though, uh, there was one group of people who uh, were not making jokes about this story on Twitter, and that was people who had also had bad edibles experiences. <laughs> uh, I think they sympathized with Dion, and one of those people was me, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you my bad edible story. Let's hear it. So first of all, as a precursor to this, you need to know that at this point, which was last summer, I had not had THC in my body since college, okay? So I was a, I was fresh, you know? Nothing in the bloodstream. It had been at least a decade, my friend and yours, who I will not mention his name, uh, just in case he gets arrested, he <laughs> drove out from Oklahoma City and he stopped in Denver and he bought some some gummies, okay? And he put them in a bag of Sour Patch Kids. Now, he gets to my house. We're getting ready one night. We're going to go have some barbecue. I'm already ready, so I'm just wandering around the house. I wander into my friend's room and I see this bag of Sour Patch Kids. And as you know, Andrew, Sour Patch, they're my favorite. It's your weakness. Favorite candy yeah. since I was a little kid. I'm I'm not even going to ask this friend if I can have some. I'm just digging in. going to have a little handful. I'll leave the rest for him. I pour the first gummy out. It does not look like a Sour Patch Kid. It's a square. And if I look closer, it actually had a warning symbol on it, like <laughs> imprinted on the gummy. But otherwise, looks like a gummy. And so I popped it in my mouth, and it was pretty good. Tasted like a regular gummy. So I had three more. Okay, I would later find out that these were 10-milligram THC gummies, which means I had 40 milligrams, which if you know anything about THC, that is a large amount for somebody who hasn't had any in a decade. So anyways, fast forward an hour. We bike to this barbecue place, and I'm having this delicious – barbecue chicken sandwich and i'm drinking a beer and in my head i'm thinking wow this beer is really hitting me <laughs> this is a strong beer <laughs> and so i get about halfway through my sandwich and it finally clicks in my head what had happened and i look at dust oh i look at our friend <laughs> and I, I said uh those gummies weren't sour patch were they he's like no they were squares and immediately in the restaurant, I get out from I get up from my seat and I lay down on the ground in the barbecue restaurant. And I'm just laying there on the ground and I'm saying, I just gotta lay down. I just gotta lay down. <laughs> my wife is there, she comes over. I say, Mal, you're gonna have to take me to the emergency room. And she says, uh, actually, you have a $7,000 deductible, so I am not taking you to the ER. Oh, no. So instead, she's like, I'll get you an Uber. So she calls me an Uber. The Uber guy comes. I like, am stumbling now because that is a lot to take at one time. I get into the Uber. Turns out the Uber driver 
owns an edibles company. Oh. And so he was, he was super cool. And he was t- talking me down. He's like, oh, man, it's going to be so chill, man. You just, just got to relax, man. Just go home, play some video games. So I went home. I played video games for four hours straight. Oh. And, and then I went to bed. But the effects, I will tell you, Andrew, lasted a full 24 hours. And the next morning at 9 a.m., I had to pick up my mother from the airport. And uh, it was just a, it was a very weird weekend. So I, I am I can sympathize with Dion Waiters. Now, he knowingly took it, which I honestly think is worse, because if I had known that I'd taken that and then I was like anticipating, I would have like freaked myself out and had a panic attack. Yeah. But I honestly had no idea. I thought I was just eating Sour Patch. Well, I thought I was eating a variety pack, which didn't make any sense. But that's how I like justified it to myself at the time, why they look different. So anyways, that's my ed- bad edible story. Who, it's uh, <laughs> a great story. Who do you think gave Dion the edible? Well, I feel like there's two schools of thought. One is a friend and two is an enemy. Okay. Someone who is actually trying to screw with Dion. Although I think that's less believable because like the average person taking an edible probably won't have that type of reaction. Yeah. I'm guessing. Uh, so it was probably a friend, you know, most people point to Kelly Olnick. I feel like his long hair, uh, is the main factor for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it could have, I mean, it could have been anyone. And I feel like that's where the the danger is because what if it's like, uh, what's if a team leader, you know, like if it came out, it was Jimmy Butler, like Miami heat's not going to do anything to Jimmy. Yeah. James Johnson's another popular one. Yes. James, especially because those are the two like out of shape guys. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for the heat and i guess james johnson has uh, a bunch of the hey arnold characters as uh, oh. murals in his house but <laughs> that's murals i yes but they look like they're high oh like on purpose yes oh that's interesting well that's pretty damning in my book. It's pretty damning. It is. Honestly, if you just stopped at Hey Arnold murals, honestly, if you just stopped it, he likes Hey Arnold. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, it's James John. Currently likes Hey Arnold. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty damning. Oh, wow. boy. Uh, at TJBZ asks, do we ever see Andre Robertson in a Thunder jersey again? What do you think? Oh, man. It, it would be super depressing if we don't. Yeah, I think we do. But I, I think we do too, but I'm not, I'm not expecting a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then follow-up question, are the Suns and the Valley Boys for real? Well, they were playing the Lakers tonight, and uh, they won. No, they didn't. They lost. So now they're 6-4. and four. Um, So they've, they've kind of fallen off. From the early season. Yeah. Not, they still not played these, well tonight. Yeah, they did. And it's not like these are bad losses. Um, honestly, I feel like the the conventional wisdom, smart guy opinion, as proposed by Zach Lowe, that you know, if you have this opinion, no one's going to laugh at you, would be, I think they're, they're better than expected. Mm-hmm. And I see them around, winning around 39 to 40 games. Which I think is a, a perfectly reasonable thing to say, but now that we're a little bit into the season, looking at the Western Conference standings, like, and somebody here, we should probably say some, somebody asked this, like, could you redo? Could you pick your playoff standings? Yeah, uh, Thunder thirty twenty nine. So, like, I feel like there's five locks right now, which is the Lakers, Jazz, Rockets, Clippers, Nuggets. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's right. And then there's. There's about five teams that I think have a shot at those last three spots. And maybe like maybe the Kings will get better. But for right now, I'm just saying these five teams, the Mavs, Suns, Timberwolves, Spurs and Blazers. So already like this, the Suns making the playoffs wouldn't be that crazy. Like they just have to be one of those three, one of those three out of those five teams. So who, who would you give? Like I'd probably give the Spurs and the Blazers the edge right now, oh, even yeah. though I really don't feel great about the Blazers. But still, I would give those two teams the edge. Yeah. And then maybe you'd pick the Mavs over the Suns, but I kind of like the Suns more than the Wolves. So I, I do feel like they're right there. Yeah. I I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it Why? for the full season. 
I don't know. I just I just need to see more. I need to see more. I just don't think, I mean, I don't think that we were that far off at the beginning of the season. Wasn't their over-under super low, though, like uh, 29? And not not that, like, they're going to overachieve, because I do think they're, they're, they have already overachieved, but I just don't think that they have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Like, I just don't. I just don't think they do. Man. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess I'm a bigger believer in the Valley Boys. Yeah, I think the Blazers will be okay. Um, I think they'll make it. I think... Uh, Blazers who are currently down 14 to the Sacramento Kings without De'Aaron Fox. Go ahead. Sure. I don't know. I just don't... I don't know. I don't care that much about early season stuff. They were bad in the, at the beginning of last season, too. And also, you're a big white side guy. You love white sided zone. Huge white side guy. No, I think that they're. I think they'll get Nurkic back, and I think that they will. They'll make a deal. If they had, if they had Gallo on that team, which we is talked about all the time, that team is a lot better. Hey, Anthony Simons, one and nine tonight. Maybe that's we my, can get him. That's my guy. Trade for him now. Uh, okay, next question is from. I'm but a wave to, uh, hold on. That's not our next question. Sorry. I'll get to you. I'm but a wave to, uh, driving the paint asks what young players already in the league. Would you like the Thunder to pursue to add to our young core? Wendell Carter, Jr. Hero. Nah. Okay. I thought about this. Let's first talk about the type of players they should go after. Cause I, I think I have a different opinion uh, than this commenter, which is that guys like Wendell Carter Jr., Hero, even Naw, it's going to take a lot to get them. Yeah, like I don't even know if the hero, the hero, the Heat would trade Hero for like two first round picks. I really don't know if they would do it. But I don't because think like, Thunder would do that either. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think they would do it either. And so when I look for guys that they should be pursuing, I'm looking at guys that have fallen out of the rotation or just not playing well, but maybe have that pedigree. Yeah. Um, that maybe have, you know, were a high draft pick, but aren't the type of guys who are basically locked into a big restricted free agency offer. Because those are the guys I don't want. Yeah. Unless they're great. And, the, and like we said, like the great ones, we're not going to want to offer as much as you probably would do. And the team isn't going to want to trade them. So I went through the last two years before this one. So like the 2017 and 2018 draft mm-hmm. just to pick out a few guys. So for instance, what about Malik Monk? He's a shooter theoretically. Yeah. I mean, I would rather watch him than Nader. He's not going to make a lot of money yeah. in restricted free agency. Yeah. I mean, if they could get Malik Monk for hardly anything. Sure. I a mean, song I'm not, and a prayer, I'm not trading, not trading a first rounder for him or anything like that. Uh, Frank Nilakina, obviously we've talked about him, but like, what about, uh, Zaire Smith with the Sixers? Yeah. He's interesting. Uh, Mikhail Bridges with the Suns, who is awful right now. He is shooting 24% from three. His minutes are down to 20 minutes per game. Yeah. I'd take him. The Suns are the type of team that would maybe want to make an upgrade somewhere on their roster. We've got plenty of guys they could upgrade with, you know? Yeah. So that's a guy I'd, and, and he's the type of guy where, I think he's a little bit older, right? For a young guy. Yeah. And so, but I'm okay with that because he's kind of like that shooting. He's, he's that shooting three and D role. Yeah. Where he doesn't like need to exactly be on the timeline of the future thunder team. Like if he, if he ended up being like 28 or 29, when the, the future thunder team guys are like 25, that wouldn't be a big deal to me. And then the last one was Kevin Herter, which he's probably a little bit harder to get just because he has more name cachet. He's Although a little not- harder to get. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but those are those are five guys I came up with that I think could be gettable for like a little less than a first round pick. Sure. I Some- mean, Herter is probably worth a first round pick. He probably is, and that, and that's why I put him last, and he's more questionable. The other guys are a little bit more disappointing. 
and maybe maybe you could just those are the the well at least with like the Sixers and the Suns and who knows the Hornets the way they're playing right. are teams that would be looking for like an automatic like a current roster upgrade as yeah. opposed to waiting on a young guy. Well, I also look at like the Knicks with Kevin Knox as a guy that I yeah. think would be probably gettable. Uh, would I be super jacked to get Kevin Knox? Probably not. Um, but I think he's an interesting prospect. But yeah, it's it's a difficult... I mean, obviously you would like to have guys like Wendell Carter Jr. or Tyler Hero. Yeah, that'd be great. You're not getting them, though. Like these are the those are the guys that don't get traded unless it's a part of like a blockbuster trade, and those guys are just not available. So, because uh, at this point you have to make like a Godfather offer to get one of those guys, and is that really are those the type of guys we want to be spending all our picks on? No, 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 not happening. Uh, it at, would be cool to have Nah though with his cousin. It would. I like him. I think he's gonna be good. But yeah, they're not trading him. To the Thunder and the Thunder aren't giving up what they want for him. So it's just it's just really not even a conversation. Uh Joe Oklahoma wants to know, will the Thunder move on from I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas this season? Uh they already have. So they played they played the uh the ACDC Thunder song after the win that I was at. So well, do they play that at the beginning too? Yeah, they're playing it a lot. They're playing it wow. a lot. That's, need to mix it up. That's that's their thing. Uh, I'm but a wave two. Back to that question. Seems like they're working on Hami's handling and finishing around the rim. His progress reminds me of Grant. Does Hami's three ball take a step forward next year? Is he our Grant replacement? And does he have the length to defend wings as well as JG? A lot of people uh, hopeful that Hami will be able to shoot a basketball one day. Yeah, I, I'm not a believer in Hami's shot. Uh, I don't have any reason to believe that it will work out for him. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't be a productive NBA player. I think that he's shown in a lot of games so far this season that he can find ways to be productive. But uh, I don't think that he's going to have the success that Jeremy Grant has had. Uh, I think that it's tough to be a guy that's just a raw athlete and then turn into like a skilled basketball player that can shoot corner threes and, and do the things that Jeremy does. So um, if I was, if I were betting, I would say no, like he doesn't develop a three point shot, but he can still be like an energy guy off the bench. Uh, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at with, with Hami. I like him. I think that he's a fun player. I think that he's a good guy off the bench, but to go from where he's at right now to being like a quality three-point shooter, I think that's really difficult. And he does have a crazy wingspan. It's like almost seven feet. Yeah. I I kind of like him as a as a small four. And he's really small. Like he's 6'5". Uh, so like he's a really small four. But I kind of like him in that role because he's he plays a lot bigger than he is. And he's a lot quicker than those guys. And he's... He doesn't really play that position for the Thunder right now, but I can kind of see him being just kind of a versatile guy off the bench that can just kind of plug in wherever you want him to. Um, next one. Let's do it. Uh, from at Little Bryce 12, what would be a good player comparison for Ferguson, Diallo, and Baisley if they were to reach or come close to their ceilings? I actually thought I put a lot of thought into this. Okay. So Ferguson, like two years ago, when I hadn't seen as much, I might have said I might have gone as far to say Danny Green, yeah, as like the prototypical three and D first ceiling. Now that I've seen a little more, I'd say more like uh, Terrence Ross. Okay, is that because they're both named Terrence and they're both skinny? Uh, it had a lot to do with it, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know like his ceiling like I, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's going to like handle the ball a ton yeah. if at all he he came off a screen I don't know if it was in the Bucks game or the game before he came off the screen and I'm sure it ha- has happened before but it like stuck out to me because it was like oh Ferguson coming around his screen and getting a shot off that was cool 
Um, so I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say someone like a JJ Redick even. Yeah. So yeah. I I still don't think Danny Green's that bad of a comp for him. For for an absolute ceiling. Sure. I just don't think he's got the feel. Yeah. To do anything otherwise. I don't think it's he's not as bad with the basketball as Danny Green is. Um but I still think like if he reached I still think his ultimate destiny is to be a three and D guy on a good team. Like I think that's that's who he is. And if he can be remotely like Danny Green, that's huge. Like Danny Green's been great. Like he's won titles and has been very good for multiple teams. And if Ferg can have a similar career to that, like that's that's huge. And if you get that at twenty one, that's massive. Um, I'm very proud of my Hamadou Diallo comp. Okay, let's hear it. Let me throw this at you. Tell me what you think. And I think this is a realistic ceiling comp. Okay. Corey Brewer. <laughs> now, before you laugh, that's that's a compliment. Like, Corey Brewer played like 18 seasons or something in the NBA. He played a while. Yeah. He, no, was, that, he was a super athletic guy. Yeah. He was a active defender. Yeah. I like it. I like that. Could never shoot. Could never shoot, but had some games where he got hot. He won them that that rocket. Scored Rockets. 50 points recently. He did score 50. Isn't that wild? It's like two years ago. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. But I think that's like a realistic ceiling. Like how, much, know, like, how much money would you bet that Hamadou Diallo scores 50 in a game any in any game in his career? Zero dollars. Yeah, none dollars. None dollars. But if you look at like Corey Brewer's best season. Yeah. Uh, the, the drunken dribbler. Arguably his best season. He's putting up something like 12 points a game. You know, shooting under 30% from three. Yeah. Shooting under seventy percent from the line, getting good steals though. Yeah, I like that. I actually, I actually think that that's a really good comp for him. Now, Baisley, it's like impossible right now because you because he's so new. You really could go like anywhere you want. Yeah, like I was thinking, like could he be like Danny Granger? Could he be oh. that good one day, dude? That'd be amazing. It would be amazing, I, but I, I couldn't think of one. I did come up with a floor, though. I feel like his floor is Wes Johnson. Okay. I feel like he could be at least as good as Wes Johnson was. Yeah. Yeah, he could be. He's he's like a really skinny Lamar Odom in some ways with his ability wow. to rebound and to, to handle. He's big. Like He's really, really – like he's tall, and I think he'll fill out. Like he's – I think he's a four. And a lot of people like him as a three, but I think he's a four. Uh, I think that the mismatches that he can create at the four are really interesting with his ability to to handle and to get to the rim. So uh, I like. I think that I think he's got a lot of tools. He's got a long way to go, but and his three that, uh, his three ball, I'm beginning to believe in a little bit more than I did at the beginning of the season because he's he's really confident with it. I thought that play against the Bucks was maybe the, his best play of the season where he got the ball. Well, Hami had like the awesome play and then got him the ball in the corner and he faked Giannis yeah. and then drove in and had that like incredible pass to Noel. Yep. I mean, that was a really impressive play mm-hmm. where even like two games before then he would have driven and had nowhere to go and ended up with a missed shot or getting shot blocked. You know, I mean, you yeah. can see like, he's really a really smart player, and he's he's showing that he's got a long way to go. But you know, he's got a pretty high ceiling just with the skill set that he has at his size. Uh, let's see. This is from a bilingual bandito is asking if Hami should be starting. Uh, I don't think he should be starting. No, we saw some of that tonight. I mean the the spacing problems that Hami creates in the starting lineup are uh, pretty significant, uh, and, and it's also nice just having his energy off the bench. Oh yeah, he's a bench player. I mean that's just that's just who he is, and that's okay. It's not 
it's not like a, it's a slight toward him. It's just who he is. Uh, next question from the the same handle. Uh, will we will we be a contender sooner rather than later, considering all of our picks in two to three years? A contender in two to three years? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I think no, it's gonna, I, I think it's going to be closer to four or five years than two or three. And most of those picks are further out by design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would I would I would not hold your breath about two or three years. I would. I would push it out at least at least another year. So, uh, and then has Billy's coaching been good? Will it ever be good enough to win a championship? Uh, it's, it's just like a funny question to to ask, like right before the Pacers game, and like listen to it now. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I think he's. I think Billy's a good coach. I think that there are elite coaches in the NBA. Uh, I think Greg Popovich fits that. I think Rick Carlisle is there. Uh, and and then like everybody else is like fine, like I just think that to get to be in it, to the level of an NBA coach like you have to be special, and so I think all those guys are special, but I think that there's like an extra tier that got, that a few of these guys can go to. Spolstra is another one that those are like championship caliber coaches, and you can have a guy like Ty Lue who's now an assistant coach, coach you to a title if you have the right players. Or you could have the right coach with a good group of players like the Spurs have had. And not that they haven't had special players, they obviously have, but you can say that Popovich's coaching has helped lead them there. Um, so I don't think you necessarily have to have like the coach to get you there. Like I don't think that the difference between the Thunder winning the title and not was like a coach in 2016. Like I think that Billy did a good job and largely did a great job because he had the, the personnel, you know, they just didn't make shots. If they made shots, that team may have won the title with Billy Donovan. And then would you say like it was because of Billy Donovan? No, it's probably because they had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and, you know, those guys on their team. Like that's why. Um, so coach might've been the difference in uh, 2012 though. Could have been, yeah. See, I mean, and and it it can be the difference at times, but I'm just not. I I don't know. Like, I think Billy's fine. If they keep him, it's fine. If he goes on, they'll find somebody else, and maybe they can get somebody elite. I think it's really hard to find that elite guy uh, and have them stick around. But um, I don't think the Thunder are like married to the idea of having Billy Donovan be here for the rebuild. So. Uh, but he has done a good job. I think he's done a good job this season so far. I think it's kind of a strange circumstance. And tonight is hopefully kind of an aberration for what the Thunder, you know, can do as far as like a floor. But uh, I don't do you know feel like there's a, because, uh, you know, we, we kind of knew Scott Brooks was being looked at back then. We kind of knew that Billy Donovan was on the radar when, when, even when Scott Brooks was here. Is, do you, have you heard any rumblings of like who would even be on their radar? Like, are there guys that are talked about? Like, I, I just can't figure out where they would go next. Like, if they would go back to college, or if they would look at an assistant coach somewhere. I really don't know. I really have no idea. Like, I always thought like I, Mark Few was a guy that might be on the Thunder's radar at Gonzaga. Yeah, um, but I don't know that for sure. I really don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I've been impressed with uh, Beeline in Cleveland. I thought that could have been like a disaster. Yeah. But they've been really impressive. They only lost by one tonight to Philly. They're four and six. And they just generally have played like a normal NBA team. I know. That's that's kind of a, one of the big surprises so far this season. It's like Cavs team. It's very, yeah. very strange. Uh, let's see. From at Sambo... What is your opinion on fans rooting for a tank despite the players' clear dedication to winning? The Thunder have a positive margin in points for netted with points against and despite our losing record. Uh, the, the players are like, here's the thing with tanking is that it's the players don't tank games and the organization isn't going to go to the team and say, hey, listen, guys, go ahead and throw this one. Like, we don't want to get this one. And the coaches aren't going to say, we're not going to try to win this game. That's not how 
tanking works. Like tanking is a product of who, the players that you put out on the court, you know, and those players are going to try hard and they're going to play hard because those guys are playing for their jobs. You know, even with like you look at the Sixers, like Robert Covington came out of the process. That was a guy that had bounced around. He was he was on the Rockets, and they couldn't find a spot for him. And they found out that Robert Covington is super good, and that's because he got to play a lot of minutes and he tried really hard and he stuck around. He ended up being a trade piece for them, but like he's a a he's a part of the process there, and so. Like fans, obviously, I mean, fans want to get the high draft pick, but you don't like root for like this team to lose games. You don't root. You don't root for that to happen. Um, and the, the team doesn't want their want this product to be bad. Like they they understand like where they're headed. They're not there yet. Like they still have Chris Paul, they still have Gallinari, they still have Steven Adams, they still have Schroeder, they still have all these guys that can help them win games now. Now, when all those guys are gone, because there's a chance that you know a good portion of those guys are gone in the next two years, then like the tanking will just naturally happen. Like it'll just be bad. I mean, tanking doesn't happen because a team says just like stop being good. It happens whenever you put a a worse. You could put an inferior product out there to in order to get a higher draft pick. Like that's how, yeah. that's how it happens. And there's different ways to tank. I mean, the the Knicks are technically tanking right now, even though they don't realize it. Um, and that's a version that like I would never want the Thunder to do, where yeah. they're basically like signing all these older players who still want a ton of minutes and still have something to prove in the league, and they're pushing younger guys out of those spots and out of that playing time. Like how much playing time has Kevin Knox gotten this year? I'm guessing not as much as he was getting previously. Right. Um, and I think if, if Hinky made one mistake, like his biggest mistake was that he didn't care enough about the product on the court. Sure. Um, I, I will always remember that summer that they drafted Okafor and then, like, did not have a point guard. I think Isaiah Cannon was going to be their starting point guard at the beginning of that year. Yep. Meanwhile, like, just a guy like Jeremy Lin, if you had brought him in, would have made that team so much more watchable and would have been so much better for Okafor. But Hinky like, wasn't even thinking about that aspect of it, which he should have been because, like, that's how you build up your assets' value by having them play well. And I don't think he put those players. I don't think he always put those players in a position to succeed. So I think Sam, you know, if they go down that route, is going to have learned a lot from all the different ways to tank. And I think they're going to do it in a way where you're collecting valuable young players that are entertaining to watch, but they're also going to lead <laughs> to a high draft pick. Yeah. Well, it's kind of nice about that in general. Like, if you do get a big guy, like you already have Shea, right? You know, and Shea is such a huge piece to them moving forward. Whether or not he's like a, the part of like the next Thunder championship, I I don't know. But just to have him in a rebuild where you can say, hey, he's a guy that can go get you twenty to thirty points in a game, and he's a guy that can help distribute and run a pick and roll and do all these things like that's it's really valuable because that's something the Sixers did not have yeah like more importantly it's someone that like the fans can connect to because remember at the start of the process it was MCW and like within (laughs) two years he was gone and then it was MB that was their first like big draft pick and then he was out the entire first year Mm -hmm. or actually I guess it was Noel and then he was out the entire first year then Embiid and then, like, the first player that seems like, oh, we finally get a chance to watch him his rookie season was Okafor. And by that time, you had three centers on the team, and it was like a mess. Yeah. Whereas the way the Thunder are going into the, I mean, if you look at that first season of the process, the players on that roster were so, like, you just don't recognize their names. Yeah. Most of them. And I don't think it's going to be that way with the Thunder. And one of the reasons is because they already have the picks. Like yes. they don't even they don't have to go make those trades that Sam Hinkie had to made had to make like already like a year or two into the process. Like they already have those picks in house, so that they're going to be adding this young first round talent every single year. So we're going to have interesting guys to watch 
who we're not really going to care at that point whether they're winning it or not because we're going to recognize they're young. But at least they're going to be on the team mm. in like the next three years where that wasn't the case at the beginning of the process. Yeah. I mean, they have kind of a jump start, supercharge process is what it's going to be. Yeah. Like they've already, they've already got the guys to start it at least with Baisley and Diallo and SGA and Ferguson. Like you've already got a base of, of players to head into the to the rebuild, which is nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, Five Star says, what were in those cookies? Because basically came out firing on all cylinders. Uh, so uh, when I did the interview with, with Darius, they had this plate of uh, brownie bites on a plate in there. Uh, they were very good. They were actually warm when I got in there. Um you were allowed to have some? They weren't just for him? I had some, yeah. Wow. Where yeah. were you? What kind of a room was that? So we were going to be in a in the boardroom in the practice facility, which is like Thunder headquarters. Um, but the boardroom was being used, and so this was like the kitchen in like the <laughs> practice facility. <laughs> but it was great. Darius was awesome. I mean, he was just as genuine on the mic as he, you know, as he was off the mic. I mean, he was great and, you know, really appreciate him coming on the show. And I, I think we'll have a chance to have him on again, um, here in the near future. So, uh, he was, he's awesome. Like he's just genuinely a great person. So, um, I'm excited for, for him to be, you know, on our show, uh, in the future as well. So, on the fry pod regularly. Just <laughs> dropping in at 6 a.m. on Fridays. No big deal. Uh, Roland Sock, 14. Does Lou Dort earn himself a roster spot and contract by the end of the season? Thinking face emoji. End of the week! <laughs> Man. He's killing it in the G League. If, yeah, man. And, you know, if, if he can make... I'll bet you he'll get a roster spot next season. This season, I think it has more to do with trades. Like if they yeah. sh- shift in the middle of the year, then it's like, well, yeah, let's bring up Dort because one, we'll pr- they're probably going to need bodies, and he's a lot more interesting person to have out on the court. Yeah, if he, if there's like a two for one deal, and the Thunder are left with the roster spot, sure. Yeah, but I I don't know. Uh, at Oki Thunder up. Okie thundered up. Excuse me. Uh, what are the chances that OKC will tank for Amoni Bates? I feel like we're on that timeline. What I mean, I don't think that OKC will be trading draft picks for Devin Booker type until 2023. Basically, OKC wouldn't make any moves to get better until 2023. This would give us two years to get the high lottery pick, not counting this year, before trying to contend. It sucks thinking that we would do this, but I know that is a possibility. That is possibly the best route for us. I feel that Amoni Bates would be the crown jewel of any rebuild. When does he come out? I believe he's twenty twenty three, or twenty twenty two. When I originally I read that question, I was like, "Wow, that's so far away." But then when he said, "Oh, it's only two more years of tanking," I was like, "Oh, well, that's not that bad." Yeah, I think. I think that's very accurate. As far as like a timeline, I think that's like the most realistic timeline that's been thrown out, you know, in questions like this. I think that it takes time to rebuild. I mean, the process took a long time. I mean, they had five shots at guys in like the top six or seven, you know, and the Thunder are probably going to approach probably not that many, but, you know, three to four shots at getting a guy i think that that that's realistic and if you're if you're going after like an all-time guy which this i don't know a ton about this this kid who's i think he's like in the eighth grade right now like i don't know that much about him but he's supposed to be great but also i remember reading slam magazine about oj mayo when he was a freshman in high school and i was like oh man oj mayo is gonna be like the next thing so I, in this 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 guy could end up being like the next LeBron. I don't know, and I can't claim to know. I haven't done any research on him, so I just don't know. Um, 
but I can tell you that the Thunder want elite talent on the roster, as any franchise would want. And building through the draft is the way that these small franchises get these guys. And so, yeah, I'm sure that they have him on their radar. I'm sure that they will not be a good team uh, that year, and I'm sure that they'll be in the lottery and hoping that they have a chance to get him. And so, uh, of course, I think that's that's definitely the road that we're heading down, and I think it's really the best way to build back up to be a championship team again. Yeah, and that doesn't even, honestly, to me, sound that bad. Like I've I've been entertained this year, so this this year I'm good with already. And then the idea of having, like, I think there will be some new newness factor to having like your first tank season. Where it's just like a bunch of young guys, hopefully. Yeah. Like that, that would be kind of fun. And we, we, I mean, we could have two extra first rounders on the roster next year. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, they'll likely have two, maybe even more. I don't know what pick they'll get uh, for Gallo. I don't know if it'll, I would hope that it's not a 2020 pick, but it's possible. Yeah, Moni Bates, uh, January twenty eighth, two thousand four. So he's it's going to be a little while. Before he that was gets, when he was born. Yeah. Oh, God. Before he gets to the NBA, it's going to be a minute. But apparently, he's like the next guy. So, which is wild that people know that. It's kind of wild. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I'll, I wanted to answer this one. Uh, Colebrook14, how bad do you regret not being able to land Tyler Hero when the Thunder Heat were discussing over CP3? Uh, I don't think that that was a real thing. I think that was a, kind of a fan-created rumor. Uh, we played no Roland. We played no Roland whatsoever. Uh, I don't think that was real. So there's there's no regret there. None, so I would not. Uh, I would not lose sleep over the Tyler Hero trade that never existed. So don't worry about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, retired Nick Saban, do you subscribe to the theory that Golden State is tanking this season and get a high pick so they can add a stud to their roster at a salary cap discount? They don't have a choice. <laughs> i mean i guess because it's not like they surrounded their guys with this terrible roster yeah. to be bad they weren't gonna waste a year of steph and draymond yeah it just worked out for them i guess <laughs> i guess light years man but who, uh, i mean how great would it be though if they if they're terrible this year and then they only end up with like the fifth or sixth pick that'd be great that'd yeah. be something fun yeah and the player's not any good. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be even better. Oh, even better. Uh, Chalupa underscore Batman 23. Great. That's a great name. Uh, pumpkin pie or pecan pie? What's your go-to holiday dessert? Neither. I don't like pie. What? Give me, give me a snickerdoodle cookie and a beer. It's all I want. No. <laughs> Get a snickerdoodle any day, Alex. You can get pumpkin pie any day, Andrew. When? In the summer? No way, dude. Don't they? You can get it canned or whatever. Yeah, but you're not making a pumpkin pie in July, man. You could. You could, but you won't. I've never even tasted either of these pies, if I'm being perfectly honest. Is that true? Yeah, I honestly don't know what pumpkin tastes like. (laughs) I, I I do like pumpkin seeds, though. Alex... Pumpkin pie is what? great. Both are great. Both pies, great. I'll take both. I have a cookie. Do you like Do you like any kind of pie? No, I don't. Wow. I don't. I don't eat pie. I don't eat cake. Coconut cream? No. Gross. That sounds awful. Honestly, dude, it is you the could, best. You could say like mayo pie, and then <laughs> I would have the same reaction. That's how <laughs> no, disgusting that sounds. No. Coconut cream? Yeah, dude, it's so good. It's sick. It's delicious. Yeah. Wow. Nasty. 
I guess we have to end on that. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Tell him all the pies that he should try because he doesn't like pie. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.